Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. So the Orioles' spring training attendance dropped from 119,742 last year to this year 103,294. Is this because old retired folks spend more time ranting on Facebook and less time going to the games? Or is this because the pace of play for old people is just too slow? Or is this because Oriole fans are concerned that after the local Shonies canceled their early bird special, the people are worried for their safety that there'll be riots in the streets of Sarasota? Matt took a really long time to say his 60-minute question, so I'm just going to say, what the heck is going on with Albert Bell? Alex Cobb finally picked his number. He's number 17. But is it too early for me to go out and buy a jersey? I'm Josh Soroka. I'm Bert Rohde. And I'm Matt Soroka. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride. Your host, Max Shasabird, are ready to fly. Baltimore's best, section 336. The number one sports broadcast gets you fixed. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Boys, this week, this Thursday, opening day. It gets real. Where will you be at 305 on Thursday? I know where I'll be. (coughs) Not at Camden Yards? I'll be at the... Right. Bert and I are going to the game. Me and Josh, yes, sir. We'll be in Section 334, cheering on the O's. Right. Touching yeah. 336. Yeah, it's supposed to be section 334. Four. Four. Cheering Shh. on the O's. Shh. Yeah. I'll be I'll be cheering on the O's uh originally from my car and then from my house. Sitting here in uh section one, I like to call it, front row. <laughs> so so you couldn't get out of work? No, we had parent conferences that day, and there are I gotta meet with some parents because my kids are insane. So hi kids if you're listening. I'm gonna I'm gonna work a few evenings to uh, catch up in a sense so that I can afford to take the afternoon off. I can work in the morning, and then my office is right next to the light rail station in Mount Washington Village. So I'm I'm just gonna walk out the front door of my office and hop on the light rail, head downtown. And I'm trying to take the whole day off. We'll see how it goes. I try it every year, and then I get pulled into work for the morning. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, listen, I, I love opening day. I've done the open day thing quite a few times. 
Uh, and it's cool. It's a great experience. It's a packed house. A lot of people are drunk. It's awesome. Uh, but I've done it before, and I don't, I don't feel like I, I must go. Though I think this is going to be a special year. So I make, I mean, I mean, I think this is a good open day to go to. And I'm glad you boys will be there holding down the fort, representing Section Three Three Six. And I can't wait to hear about your opening day experiences. Yeah, I feel like I've gone to opening day at least the last like ten years, maybe a little longer every year, and it's a great experience. Um, and especially something like as a kid growing up, we were never able to do, and now we get to do yeah. it. So it's something cool, and it's not something I don't want to take lightly. Uh, yeah. That I, it's a cool and it's just a fun way to kick off the baseball season. Yeah, I was I'm, hoping I'm, to. I was going to say, uh, I I mentioned I'm taking the light rail. I haven't ridden the light rail since uh, since before I could drive. So uh, that was twenty. Four years ago, <laughs> 26, 36 years, twenty six years ago. I uh, I can't do math, but uh, I wonder if maybe old. some people from people in the chat room who maybe regularly ride the light rail. I'm I'm a little hesitant because I'm usually more comfortable just to drive myself. But like I have a feeling the light rail is gonna be crazy on opening day. Uh, you know, I, I assume it's safe. I don't know. I don't know anything about the light rail. I'm just, I'm going to have an adventure. Maybe I'll have a Burt story time when I come back next week. Hopefully I survive this light rail adventure. I've never enjoyed in my experience on the light rail. Anytime I don't I've think ever, I did. I, I hate yeah. the light rail. Uh, Bert, you're acting like a 15 year old boy who's never left the house before. It's a freaking but light that's rail. You'll be okay. When I was 15, I used to look, ride the light rail all the time to go to the ballpark. Uh, but now I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm mostly oh, doing it just so I don't have to park down there. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think it's 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 nice. You don't have to drive. No, it it's horrible. Right next to the stadium. Oh, it's not that bad. Get out of here. I've never had a good experience. I've I've taken it to some Raven games. It's, I just I hate the light rail. I'm waiting for the Hyperloop. When the Hyperloop opens up, that's when I'll I'll take that thing. All right. Fine, fine. All right. Uh, we got some. We got some. Talk, before we got some predictions. All right. We got some prediction. I am. I'll be honest. I've never been so confident of my predictions as I am this year. Both my bold predictions and my just, we're going to talk about record standings. I nailed it this year. I am. These are obviously we don't know, but my predictions are more informed than most just because I'm kind of more insightful than most human beings are when it comes to baseball. And so my predictions this year, I'm pretty confident are going to be close to close to hundred percent accurate, certainly more accurate, accurate than those, knuckleheads that fan graphs can do so i'm excited for the prediction segment we'll get to that boys and girls yeah i've been reading uh i've been reading lots of uh articles with all the all the baseball reporters putting out their predictions yesterday and today and Ooh. so so how far people, how many people so far i've seen one pick for the orioles for a wild card slot yeah okay and that's all i've okay. been able to see so far <laughs> so right, I, right, I, right. I think that's i even i Browse through the Baltimore Sun. You know how many Sun reporters picked the Orioles for the playoffs? Oh, Sun? Oh, probably all of them. How many are there? I would say half of them. I don't know. They're they were... trying to keep their jobs. They right. need people reading their articles. Right. There were like 10. And I think they all put losing seasons for the Orioles. What? Oh, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Did they do that before they asked cop signing? They must have done that before they asked cop signing. No, that was today. Anyone who has the Orioles with a losing record after the Alex Cobb signing, I don't want to give away my prediction. But anyone who has has the Orioles with a losing record after they sign Alex Cobb is an idiot. It doesn't and I'll make any sense. Why when I get to the segment, it doesn't make any sense to pick this team to be worse than last year's team. Yeah, but 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 we'll we'll get more into that when we do our predictions. Uh, 
some some people who made the team and people who didn't make the team. Uh, before we get to final cuts and roster construction, Bert, did you want to um, d- discuss more, elaborate on your Art Bell opening question? Albert Bell? What did I just say? Art Bell, the coast to coast oh, guy. Sorry. What are you gonna? Is it UFO talk? Albert, I mean Albert Bell. Is it, is Albert it, Bell? Is it, Art, Art Bell's like hiding out in like a New Zealand island or something, right? I don't know. He did a show, and then like it's something. He like he finally he picked up another show on Sirius XM, and then he felt like someone was was chasing him and his well, yeah, kid, and sure, and so he went off the grid, and now he'll tweet like once every six months, but he won't come back on the air. And no one really knows what he's doing. Anyway, that's Art Bell. But what's Albert Bell up to, Bert? About the same, surely, the same amount. Surely everyone that's watching this show tonight live with us on Facebook Live, Monday night at 7.30 p.m., Facebook Live, Section 336. Um, they've seen by now or heard by now, former Oriole, former MLB slugger Albert Bell arrested at spring training game in Arizona. Police say he is charged with exposing himself to adults. And the New York Post headline I'm reading says, Albert Bell shook his penis at my teenage daughter. Have you seen? Have you seen the the picture? The of, yes, that's what I wanted to get to. Was the picture? <laughs> he looks like Ooh. Red Fox from uh, Sanford and Son. He does. <laughs> Who died in like 1992? He does. He does not look like a slugger baseball player. No. Now, right, right, here's the biggest question: with two former Orioles, you know, making the rounds now with what they look like now, who looks worse in 2018? Albert Bell or Sammy Sosa? Uh, Sammy Sosa doesn't look like Sammy Sosa. See, my question was more of, why is the picture of his face? If he's going around exposing himself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're just doing face shots, I think Albert Bell looks better. But a a full body shot, you might go with Sammy Sosa. He's looking rough, man. He was a beast in his time. Yeah, I don't understand. Maybe there was some drinking involved, right, in that story? I, I don't really understand. Surely. I, I Surely. Think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure you never get to indecent exposure without drinking. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I drink, though, but I've never felt the need to expose my penis to anyone, even after I've consumed a lot of alcohol. I don't really understand how it gets to that point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That gives alcohol a bad name. I mean, I'm going to drink at the ball game tomorrow, but I'm not flashing anybody. A lot of people will drink and not expose themselves. Might, so there's probably people... something else going on here. <laughs> Surely there's something else going on there. Oh man! <laughs> Two counts of indecent exposure, one count of DUI using liquor, drugs, or vapors, and one count of extreme DUI. That's a blood alcohol level level of .08 or more. What, what's the chance that Bert walks away with any of these after opening day? Or all of them? <laughs> right. Somebody help me off the light rail after the game. Uh, when you threw out that that opening question, I, I thought you were just being silly and throwing out a random name. I didn't realize oh, it was really. You missed. It was real. It's real news. It's breaking I, I news. Can, Sixty minutes quality news. I completely missed that. I completely missed that. I even watched Sixty Minutes this week, and I completely missed that. That wasn't on the Sixty <laughs> Minutes this week. It should have been. No. Yeah. I think that news came out this morning. Okay. I haven't really. Yeah, I haven't been hooked on Twitter at all this morning. Uh, and that's where I get my news. <laughs> so, okay, the the roster construction here. A couple Let, big deals. Let's, yeah, uh, let's get March Madness out of the way first. Oh, yeah, yeah, March and Madness. Let's, let's, let's thank Loop Matt League. Matt made his move. I've jumped the standings. Yeah, so our Loop League standings right now. Matt, you jumped, up to, you jumped up to fourth place. 
David Thornton is in third place. Brian Thornton is in second place. Got some brothers competing it out. And Christopher Betts is in first place. And this is, of course, our Loop League uh, NCAA tournament. We've got a new Loop League tournament that's out now. You can catch the link up on Twitter, which is going to be our MLB baseball uh, postseason predictions. So pick who wins the AL East, the AL West, all the divisions, wild cards. I just did mine. I've submitted mine as well. Uh, you can go check it out on our Twitter account. Check out Loop League at loopleague.com. It's not a gambling site, but it lets you administrate all these polls. You can do money if you want, but that's all in your own hands, not by the website. It's free to play. Uh, and it's made by listeners, which is really cool. So you can do single events like we've been doing, or you can do multiple events that all go together. So give them a follow on Twitter at Loop League and come join our league. You can check it out on Twitter, and I'll put the link on Facebook as well this evening. But I want to ask you a question about this Loop League. Loop League. I, Loop League. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really Loop enjoying league. it. <laughs> Loop League. Let me ask you a question about Loop League. No, uh, Loop League. Um, we did the tournament, and it, you know, I can go on there, and it's great because it tracks our score automatically. I'm used to old school where I get my highlighter and add up the points by myself. Right. So it's it nice, it's nice when you just click on the leaderboard and it tells you. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, my question is, though, when we pick these uh, division winners, I saw the point system on the right side, so it shows you how right. many points you get per division and wildcard winner. And you like even get other points if you pick the playoff team but not in the right uh, like wildcard or division. Yes. Anyway, does is this a combined accumulative score? Like, Is it going to take our tournament score and combine it with what we did for the AL East? Or is this a separate scoring system? We've decided to do a separate scoring system so that new people can join us. Okay. So okay, that's they're, cool. they're still Loop League's a new company, and they're still working out the feature where we'll be able to have an ongoing tournament and keep adding points to it. Yeah. For now, we're going to keep them as separate. Okay. Okay. Cool. So um, anyone can join, even if you didn't get in on the the March Madness. Yeah, you got to join get, us to see. You got to see who, who's picking our, and this will hold us accountable better because sometimes we we say here our predictions, and then you got to go back and check the tape. Or sometimes people say, oh, I knew the Tigers were going to win the AL Central, even when everyone's counting them out. Well, now we can say prove it by going to Loop League and prove that you had the, the Tigers winning the AL Central. Right. I, I just put the link in the comment section so you can go ahead and sign up while you're listening to us and get your entries in. Yeah. Sweet. You can do two things at once. Multitasking. And you can take our advice when we make our predictions later. Oh, that's true. You might want to hold off on doing that Loop League until you hear my predictions and I'll tell you who to pick. <laughs> but I might spread right. some fake news so you don't pick the same and, and then it'll match your league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't want this at all. All right. Uh, roster construction. Here's here's my takeaway. This is and, and I'll you guys could share what one stuck out to you. Two things stuck out to me. The first one was Chance Cisco. I wasn't shocked he's made the team. Chance Cisco. I'm happy he's made the team. I put this I put this out the other day. It's interesting. Um, John John. Mioli, is that a reporter? John, John, yeah, John Mioli, yeah, yeah, you for the Baltimore Sun, yeah, from the show. We play the softball media game with John Mioli each year. I I don't think I've ever met him, but we'll call. Has he ever been on the podcast? That guy played in the media softball game. Yeah, he's been the past couple years. He's played with us. John Mioli, yes, that would be the guy for the Baltimore Sun. Anyway, he wrote an article. There's been someone from the (laughs) bottom. Anyway, he wrote he wrote an article. Uh, he pointed out, I thought this was an interesting point that hasn't been talked about enough, that if um, 
Chad Sisko were to stay in the minors until May 14th, he would be under team control, under club control for another year. So if they kept him in the minors till May 14th, so that's what, a month and a half, they would have right. a full another year of control because um, his whatever, his, his right. rookie year wouldn't kick in. Um, so, so they're giving up a year of control by starting him uh, today. Yeah, or, or and then we had that discussion many years ago with Manny Machado where it's like they, they chose to bring him up when he was ready and not worry about that control at the time. Yeah, which I think is um, – I don't know how I feel about that from an organizational standpoint because you want to get the most out of these players. But it's certainly good for Chancisco. So you're happy for Chancisco. Yeah. Uh, I am surprised, though, with Chancisco that he keeps on being referred to as a bad as catcher. backup catcher. And every, it feels like it's not even – if you look at, like, blog uh, – not bloggers, but the reporters – we're not bloggers, but the reporters. If you look at the, the, the reporters, it's almost like they go out of their way to say, Chancisco, backup catcher. Like they're, they don't do it in all caps, but it feels like they're doing it in all caps because they don't just ever mention Chancisco's name. It's always backup catcher, Chancisco, which I thought is odd, A, that you would call him a backup catcher when you, I mean, have they been given inside information that he would definitely be? Only the backup catcher playing on Sundays. Well, they always they always put it with a it's always backup catcher, but then that this might be more of a fifty fifty backup catcher situation. Oh, I haven't seen any of that. Oh, I was I reading seen, that earlier today. I haven't seen any fifty fifty. It's all I've seen is backup catcher, and I'm like, if you're a fifty fifty, that's not a backup catcher. That that's splitting time. Yeah, but what are you gonna say, co catcher? No, just a catcher. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Chancisco's catcher, but it's all Caleb Joseph's the catcher. They, and they don't call Caleb Joseph the starting catcher. They say Caleb Joseph's catcher and backup catcher Chancisco. I just don't know why you have to say backup catcher every time you say Chancisco. Is there some sort of, sort of trademark here I'm unaware of that whenever you say Chancisco, you have to begin it by backup catcher? I don't know. Maybe they should it's start doing that for pitchers. Yeah, And we'll see by the, end of the, by the end of the season. We'll see who the backup catcher is. Okay, By the end of the season, let's see who the backup catcher is. Not gonna be, it's not going to be Chancisco. Right. No, because the season will be over by then, and, and we'll just try to get him more playing time. Oh, shut up, Bert. <laughs> um, other things that surprised me – well, but before I say other things that surprised me, um, guys, any thoughts on the final kind of roster construction and what it looks like? I, I was, I'm surprised Pedro Alvarez is still sticking around. I, I got to assume that's only because of Trumbo's injury. And that he's temporary. I don't know. I look at the roster, and it's pretty standard. I also know that the way the Orioles work, this roster is going to be this way until, what, a week? And it's always changing. Yeah, I, I would say I was most surprised. It looks like, at this point, Pedro Alvarez is going to make the team, and Danny Valencia is going to make the team. And they're not going to carry one of those utility infielders. Well, that's it's uh, Danny Valencia will be that infield support. Guy. Yeah, but he's not like a. a Even though he's never played base. second base or shortstop. No, but they'll, no, they'll put him at third base and they'll move Beckham to short or second as needed. Sure, but that's an interesting choice because Buck usually likes to have his guys play a set position and then have someone like a Ryan Flaherty, or even we saw like guys like Paul Yanish come in and be that kind of good defensive uh, bench guy. We don't have a right. good defensive bench infielder. No, we don't. No, and that's why I was surprised that Ryan Flaherty signed with Atlanta, that the Orioles couldn't fit him into this roster. 
Yeah, and it shows how much they like Pedro Alvarez and Danny Valencia to get the spots over yeah. Ryan Flaherty. Does it also show how much they're valuing like big bats over defense this year? I mean, they're going. I don't. I guess the AL East. Or is it that they're trying to keep up with the Yankees with the home runs or something? They're going with a lot of big bats this year. I mean, I kind of, I kind of like it. I, I mean, I think honestly, uh, this is an incredibly hot take, but I, I mean, I think in some ways this team is better off with without Mark Trumbo. So I'm kind of happy he's hurt. I can't say that. Can I? I can't say I'm happy he's hurt. You can't um, say but, you're happy he's hurt. <laughs> we went over that. But I think in some way because this allows you to do a little platoon action, right? And with Mark Trumbo in there, they never platoon Mark Trumbo, even though they should. So this allows – so, I mean, Pedro Alvarez is only going to see games against righties. And Pedro Alvarez is pretty darn good against righties. And same with Danny Valencia and lefties. So I think it utilizes what Alvarez and Valencia do well. Now the question is, can Pedro Alvarez hit and be effective playing once a week? Uh, and Or is he going to strike out three times and, and not be worth – um, taking up a roster spot because if you're taking up a roster spot from someone who's good defensively uh, or for someone who can provide other things like base running and stuff like that, then <laughs> Josh is sleeping on the job. <laughs> I just keep getting brand. bigger. I don't and bigger. know why you just keep getting bigger. <laughs> and I've been slowly watching Bert on the live video stream, get like bigger and bigger till he's, he's taken over the entire... Hulk smash. <laughs> he's taken over the entire Facebook video. Um, but anyway, if these guys can't hit, like if Craig Gentry, if Craig Craig Gentry doesn't hit, I mean right. NBD, he, he can play the field, he can steal base, he can run. If Denny Valencia or Pedro Alvarez don't hit and don't hit immediately, then why are they here? Because that's their only job is just to hit. Because they don't bring anything to the table defensively, um, or base running wise, or any other any other gifts and talents. Um, but I'm excited. I, I like Pedro Alvarez. So, I like Dongs. Pedro Alvarez brings Dongs. So- like Danny Valencia, I think it's good. You have your set infield, so why waste a bench spot on someone who sucks like Ryan Flaherty just for worst-case scenario if someone gets hurt? Especially, if someone gets hurt, they'll make a move. Yeah, especially when we've learned over the past five years that Buck doesn't do defensive replacements. And he doesn't do pinch hitters either. So Not what's really. The point? No. no he doesn't. So what's the point who's, of who's any bench spots? Uh, so Pedro will get uh, the opening day start then, right, since it's Odorizzi is pitching for the Twins? Yeah, I would imagine so. Wow, yeah. And when a lefty specialist comes in, he'll be pinch hit for. He's the one <laughs> guy, he's he's the one guy like Hyunsu Kim who's going to be pinch hit for. But that's good. If, if you're doing that, if you're doing Valencia and Ham as lefty-righties, uh, that's the whole point. Yeah, I actually like it. I like Danny Valencia's bat a lot, and I like Pedro Alvarez's bat a lot. And I, I mean, this is AL East. It's where the big boys play. It's where the big boys play, and you got to score runs. So I, I like the additions, and I, I like that they're keeping these two guys. I'm really surprised they are. One one of them goes away but, when Trumbo comes back, right? Wait, yeah, but when will that be? I thought it was like know. two weeks. Yeah, well, we'll see. There's no, I don't think there's any set timetable now. Okay. Uh, so who knows? And 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 and, and you're right. One of them probably goes away. Probably, I would guess Pedro Alvarez, though he's the lefty. So I, I don't know. I'd be curious to see who's playing well at the time. So they got about, you're right, they got about two or three weeks to to prove that they want to stick on this roster. Well, and Matt, just to go back to something you said earlier. Oh, um, please do, Bert. I think, I think you are allowed to say that you're glad someone is hurt. You just can't wish for somebody who's healthy to get hurt. Because uh, the injury uh-huh. is already pre-existing. It's like if, if – uh, 
Aaron Judge, you know, hurts his elbow the week before they play the Orioles. You didn't wish for him to get hurt, but you can be happy that he is hurt for the series that they're playing against the Orioles. Okay. Okay. So I was happy to see that Greg Greg Bird is going in for some extra foot exam. There's some inflammation in the foot over the weekend. Yes. I'm, right. I'm happy to surgery. See that he's out. He's out for four to six weeks. Right. So um, I'm glad to see he won't be in the opening day lineup. I didn't know it had anything to do with injury. Is that how I handle go. it? That's a, yeah. You, you just don't wish injury uh, on somebody who's otherwise perfectly healthy. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, some other surprising things from the roster construction. I thought there's two lefties who had uh, jo- Jolie Rodriguez and Josh Hedgen, who had great performances um, in spring training, and neither of them, both lefty specialists, Lugies, right. not, not, neither of them made the team. And the guy who I thought might be gone but made the team, despite having a subpar spring training, is Miguel Castro, who I guess will be another long man if Mike Wright is going to be your fifth starter until Alex Cobb is ready. Uh, boys, are you okay with Miguel Castro despite having a bad spring making this team? Yeah, I think it goes with the argument that spring training, it's hard to prove something in spring training versus regular season. And he did well in the regular season last year, so they're going to trust him this season. Okay, and he he probably was going to be the next option for a starter if they didn't sign Alex Cobb. Yeah, he was definitely in the running. Uh, I mean, it was a little bit, it's a little bit annoying because no one Nestor Cortez, Mike Wright Jr., um, Miguel Castro, Gabriel Noah, all these guys. It's like Buck came up and said, "You want to be the starter? Take the job. You can right. be our fifth starter. Take it." And all of them said, no, thanks. I'll suck instead, and I'll, I'll let someone else be the fifth starter. And so Mike Wright, it looks like Mike Wright Jr. is going to be that fifth starter. Again, hopefully he only needs to start once or twice before Alex Cobb comes back. Yeah, but they, Mike Wright didn't earn that spot. He just got that spot because everyone else sucked just as bad as he did. Right, and the amazing thing is that uh, he, yeah, Alex Cobb, they're saying, might be ready as early as April 9th, which would be great for the Orioles to get him in that quick. Because um, there's concern with you don't want Mike Wright Jr. pitching much, and I'm very concerned about Chris Tillman right now, and if he can even hold on to that slot as the fifth guy when Cobb comes in. Yep, and so that's still something to keep an eye on, Chris Tillman, and then how Mike Wright Jr. pitches and Miguel Castro, because eventually you might be looking for Chris Tillman's replacement as the fifth starter as well. So I don't, I mean, Mike Wright Jr. How as much of it annoys me, I don't think his name's going to go away. Right. But it's interesting because Mike Wright Jr. is out of options. And and this bullpen is a bullpen full of guys who are out of options. And so the Norfolk shuffle that Buck Showalter loves to, to do, that's, that's going to be really tricky to do this year because there's just not guys with options in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, were you surprised as we stick with the roster that we have three Rule 5 guys on this roster this year? For hey, at least at least we didn't have four. We we almost had four. <laughs> <laughs> True, but I mean, for a, a team that's com- supposed to be competitive this year, it's going to be hard to keep all three all all season, right? Yeah. Is this like give yeah. them a chance and and dump them late if it's if we need to? Well, I mean, Anthony Sant- Anthony Santander has to be here for what four, forty games, and right? Then, he can then go he'll go the down. Night. Yes, but the way he's been playing in spring training. He's going to be here for – if he plays even close to what he's been playing in spring training, he's going to be here for 100, 162 games. He's not going anywhere if he plays like this. Um, and that brings us to the two pitchers. Yeah. 
Pedro Rojo is here because they think he's good and can pitch now. Right, and he's had so a good if, spring. Yeah. So I think if Pedro Rojo struggles even a little bit out of the gate, he he could be a guy if you want to get in one of these lefty specialists like Joe, Joe like Jolie Rodriguez, he could be a guy on the chopping block to go back to Chicago. Um because he's here to perform now. Gotcha. Nestor Cortez I don't know. I think Nezer Cortez is here because his left arm works and he throws with it. And it goes in all different directions, so they're intrigued. Yeah, but even if he was a righty, I don't think he would be here still. I think the fact that he's a lefty and we have five, or if you want to count uh, Mike Wright and Miguel Castro as backups, seven potential starters and starters who are all right-handed. And you'd like to have a guy backing up who's left-handed for whatever, you know, for, for, for obvious reasons. And so this Nezer Cortez being lefty gives him an advantage. But if he sucks, I mean, the Orioles are here to win, I think. So if he sucks, I don't think Pedro Rojo and Nezer Cortez will stay if they suck. I don't think we're going to have, a, a, who is it, Jason Garcia type situation where he kind of was terrible almost the entire season, yet he still was hidden in the bullpen the whole time. Right. We just don't have the flexibility to do that this year. So I, I think if they if either of them suck, they're gone. Right. Or the you could also describe Ubaldo Jimenez that way. He's a guy who sucks that we tried to hide in the bullpen for a while. Yeah, yeah, that we felt like we couldn't get rid of. But these guys I think will be more likely to to get rid of. Right. Um anything else stand out with you about that roster? Mm, I saw Brittany Giroli on BaltimoreOrioles.com did a potential lineup which i thought was a little surprising in that it had trey mancini senior at leadoff and then i know in spring training a little bit chris davis has been yeah. bad leadoff what do you I think don't of really that get this i don't really get it i kind of like it okay what am i missing though all right that go ahead last year tim beckham was gangbusters hitting leadoff he's for the fast. first his first month he's yeah. electric he's exciting I don't know why the problem is his, the problem is his September. He he was okay. so bad in September at getting on base. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of Chris Davis. I like a guy that that sees pitches. And he, why, he, why do you hate Trey Mancini? I I don't mind Trey Mancini. I think I count I can uh, I count on Trey Mancini more with guys on base than I do Chris Davis. I feel like Chris Davis is the same type of player. Um. There was a lot of talk this spring training about Mike Trout and how Mike Trout was cut, cutting out the strikeouts by once he got two strikes, he's choking up on the bat and just trying to make contact and not slam the ball. I don't see Chris Davis as that type of guy. I see him I as, a guy. as a guy. No, and so in that regard, I don't count on him with guys on base as much as I would a guy like Trey Mancini. Chris Davis sees a lot of pitches. He has one of the higher on-base percentages on the team he might have had the highest last year because of walks i that's good for the guys behind him if he's taking pitches and getting on base that and if he has the strikeout problem again all right there's a less chance of a strikeout in a big moment if he's if he's the leadoff guy and i that's a that's a negative point but no one on this team has speed tim beckham has more speed than he does i don't know about that he might not Oh, stop! Tim Beckham is passing to Chris Davis. I don't know. I know that yes, I. I know I'm that I. You, it's not. It's not a, for debate. It's a fact. I know I spent all weekend playing MLB The Show 18, and none of the guys on the Orioles have a higher than a 63 speed. I was looking for the speed. I couldn't find it. They what do- about Gentry? 
Uh, Gentry wasn't on the update yet. Neither was Alex Cobb. They kept they kept trying to bite Mike Wright Jr. in there. I know. Don't get me started. I did a franchise mode with MLB The Show. Yeah, which that's is, by a the mistake. Way, that's a great video game. But MLB The Show, isn't it good? Yeah, it's really awesome. I'm, I'm, so I'm doing Road to The Show where you create a player and you work your okay. way up in the minors. I'm, I've created a, a pitcher who pitches in the his, ro- his rotation style is Darren O'Day. But his main pitch is the knuckleball, and he is, so kill, he is killing it in double-A right now. You're an embarrassment to baseball. Even your show guys are He is striking guys out all over. The double-A guys don't know how to handle this. I'm going to get the call up soon. Throwing under, underhanded knuckleball. Yeah. Embarrassing. I don't, know if it um, physically, I don't know if that works in real life, but it's working in the game. Well, someone, well, it's, it's, someone should try it. Um, but but the, the thing about the show is I, on, I did it with a free agent. I signed Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb Cobb sucks. He had like a 70 rating. I'm sorry. We're talking nerd talk here. I'm over the show. I'll get away from it. Um, (laughs) I I still got an Xbox 360. (laughs) Yeah. Right. If you have a PS4, you can come play with Matt and I. Yeah. I will. um, I I hate the idea of Chris Davis at leadoff. I don't know why. I just feel he's not a very good hitter. And so why do you have him leading off? If you want on base percentage – I would go with Trey Mancini. I don't think they're going to be that different at the end of the year in the on-base percentage. And Trey Mancini will get a few more hits than Chris Davis will. But honestly, I like a little bit of speed. And I think Tim Beckham's a little bit faster. So I would put Tim Beckham first. Um, but but I, I, don't, like, I don't know if it really matters. I like the Joe Madden approach of putting your best hitter up front. Best hitters at the top. Regardless yeah. of speed or anything. So that, Do you want Manny Machado at, at leadoff? I think I want Jonathan Scope at leadoff. Really? Yeah. I want my home run hitters at least number two, so there's a better chance you got a guy on. I'm sick of solo home runs. So I, I would say I would like to see, a, if you want to do Trey Mancini at leadoff or Chris Davis at leadoff, whatever, I would like to see Manny Machado two, Jonathan Scope three. But sticking with that theory of, of good hitters at the top right. of the lineup. Right, exactly. And that's why, I don't, that's why I'm fine with getting away from Beckham at leadoff. By the way, in uh, Brittany Giroli's open day lineup, she projects not uh, Pedro Alvarez at DH, but actually Anthony Santander, who's a switch hitter at DH. Oh, I like that move, but who's in right field? Kobe Rasmus against the right. Oh, I, I keep forgetting about Kobe Rasmus. That's the lineup I like. I like yeah. Trey in left, Kobe in right, and Santander DH, and I do like yeah, that. Yeah, if you look at the projected opening light, day lineup, it's Trey Mancini at leadoff and left, Jonathan Scope at second base, Manny Machado at short, Adam Jones bat number four in center, Chris Davis number five, um, at first, Tim Beckham at third, Anthony Santander, then Kobe Rasmus at eight, then at ninth is Caleb Joseph. That's a pretty solid lineup. I would switch Caleb Joseph with Cisco, but other than that, that's a great lineup. I'm kind of I'm kind of getting excited for Kobe Rasmus. I okay. almost I almost made a bold yeah, prediction about him. I left it out there. All right. I, there, do you have a bold prediction involving Col- 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 Kobe Rasmus? Please? No, I thought I thought about it and I decided not to go that route. But I'm kind of excited for a real right fielder. I feel like we haven't had a real a real outfielder in a while. I don't know if Kobe Rasmus really counts, but okay. I think he's better than anything we've had in right field. All right, that's uh, okay. All right, I mean, certainly better than watching Mark Trumbo run around chasing balls. I, I'll I'll concede that point. <laughs> All right, you guys want to get to our predictions? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with uh, – wh- where do you want to start? I want to do three things. I want to do most valuable Oriole. Let's... I want to do standings right. and records for the Orioles. And so, then I want to do 
one prediction. Yeah, so let's go. Let's start with team, and let's go with uh, wins and standings. Okay. And then let's go uh, MVO and bold predictions. Okay. I mean, we got to save. Time now for bold predictions. Bold predictions should be at the end, because I think that kind of sets up what we what we've already done. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. So, uh, standings, Josh, do you want to go first or you want me to? Yeah, uh, standings for the AL East. I've got the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, the Baltimore Orioles, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, uh, and you have uh, a record for the Orioles? Yeah, I've got the Orioles at 89 wins and 73 losses. So... Uh, cool late. Yeah, I, I am believing that this team is much better than last year. I think last year's team, uh, the way last year's team fell apart in September, I think the team was better than their record showed because of that September. And I think this team's a little bit even better than last year. It's really hard for me not to get excited about a rotation of uh, Gaussman, Bundy, Kashner, and Cobb. That, that rotation, and that's going to be rotation this year, and that's going to be rotation next year. And then the year after that, we're going to have Bundy, uh, Gosman, and Cop. I mean, that's and Har- three And Harvey. Years. And that's when Harvey comes up. Yeah, and if Harvey comes, I believe when I see no. it. But at the very least, for the next three years, we're going to have Gosman, Bundy, and Cop. That's, guys, that's something to be excited about. Not just and, this year, but the next three years. We're going to have those three starters. Finally, we're going to have a top three, and I don't know what four and five will be. But we'll have a top three that can compete with other teams, and that's that's exciting. And that's and that's going to be the theme of my uh, predictions. Is I am going into this season really positive because of that rotation. Yeah, if, you if, should be. If Cashner and Definitely. Cobb can do what they did last year, and Bundy and Gosman take that step, this team is going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah. Don't do you feel uh, some trepidation? It's a big word. Ooh, trepidation. Uh, in that I'm having flashbacks. When, when I get together with you guys to our year one live show four years ago at Mother's Peninsula Grill, when we were so excited for the signing of Obaldo Jimenez, and we even had T-shirts made up, ooh, Baltimore, and, and if he could take how he finished the 2013 season and bring that to Baltimore in 2014, and uh, we finally got a legitimate starting pitcher, this guy could be our opening day ace. Uh, yeah. I, I need to... Uh, temper my expectations because there's nothing that that can tell me that Alex Cobb could just be another Abaldo Jimenez. Yeah. Is that crazy? A little bit. The difference it my the difference for me at least is the whole reason I've been yelling about Cobb since the season ended is because Cobb is an AL East pitcher. He's faced these guys. He's not a guy who Ubaldo had his best years where Colorado and Cleveland and he Cleveland. was good. Yeah, but he, he yeah. not not Yankees the Red Sox like all of these stadiums Cobb has pitched in. He's 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 pr- proven that he's pitched well in here. Uh, he's, he, he's proven that he's competent, right, in the American League East. Right, but he's and, not he's not CC Sabathia or anything. No, no, and I don't expect that. I expect better than what we've had. Part of the problem is we've had horrible pitching for the past like, five I, years. You're, you're right. It can't get any worse. Like, they have to be better than. Miley and Jimenez. Yeah. Uh, Cobb, I'm not worried about. Cashner, I'm excited about because his ground ball ratio was so low, was so high last year, way more ground balls, that if he can keep that up in a park like the a- 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 like Camden Yards 
with the defense behind him, that's really exciting. And Cashner could have an even better year. Uh, there is some concern with me come bringing him to the AL East and how that's going to affect that ground ball ratio. Yeah, and the, the thing that everyone's concerned about with Cashner is his FIP is really is a lot higher than his ERA. Right. So people are saying there's a lot of luck involved in that ERA, and that's why. That's the ground ball thing, yeah. Well, and, and it's, he doesn't strike guys out. His strikeout ratio is down big time. Right. He relies and on the defense. That's why he didn't sign a big contract despite having a great ERA. Uh, and really, what is and you could say about Camden Yards, but I mean he's coming from from uh, from Texas, and and that's a hitter's park down there as well. I know that's but, where I can get excited, but I'm still concerned. I'm excited yeah. that they just waived the beard rule for Andrew Kashner. Yeah, slippery slope right there. And for is it did they waive the beard rule for Cobb too? Did he still yeah. have that orange beard? Yeah, he's got it. Uh, you all know, right. all right. But well, you're allowed to have a beard. Oh, hold, up. hold up, with with to Bert's point though about the Obato Jimenez, the all, the other reason that that comparison I don't think holds up is not just the AL East factor, but Roberto Jimenez came in with some inconsistencies with a funky delivery that was always a bit spasmatic. And Oscar does have a little hesitation in his giddy-up, but he, his, his, his approach has always been consistent. He's not as spasmatic. He's not as funky as Roberto Jimenez was. And when Roberto right. Jimenez was, was – when he had his, his uh, wind-up on point, he was a really good pitcher. The problem is his wind-up was always jacked up. And Obama, and uh, Alex Cobb doesn't have all those same issues and baggage that Obama Menno has. But I appreciate and I agree that the feeling, the how we felt back then at Mothers, is similar to how we feel now. So I'll agree yes. at that point. It was it was all the Orioles. Uh, Peter Angelos opened up the wallet. This is the highest they've ever paid a starting yeah. pitcher ever in Orioles history. Obama Jimenez. Right. You're right. And now, uh, you know, I that's why I I. I'm with you. I I want big things. I'm excited. It has to be better than last year, uh, but there's still a little part of me that's just like let's let's hold off these uh, crazy yeah. predictions. Uh, let's get in next. We don't have time today, but maybe next week let's talk about the Peter Angelos John Angelos situation because I'm kind of excited for the uh, seeing John Angelos take control and the type of moves he, that have, the Orioles have done the past few weeks. All right, well, let's stay on topic here. That's a good topic for last week. <laughs> That's what I'm just saying, put, next week. Put it in the notes. Uh, uh, Bert, uh, what are yes. your predictions for the Orioles? So, so Josh went optimistic. He has 80, Orioles finishing third 89. at 89 wins. Uh, Bert, yes. are you going with lucky 89? Why not? Or, or <laughs> Well, I wanted to see if I, if I could. Could I read my prediction that I wrote up for uh, Pressbox Online? Okay, uh, absolutely. And you can just tell the listeners you're not reading it. You're just saying it. True. Okay, I am not reading this. <laughs> Here comes my annual reverse jinx for the win. Despite the improvement to the starting rotation, we will see prolonged slumps from the likes of overpaid strikeout warriors like Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo, who will continue to be in the starting lineup each and every night thanks to Buck Showalter's misguided loyalty to, to quote, his guys. Sucking the fun out of the game and causing the O's to fall short of 500 once again in 2018, where we'll wave goodbye to Manny Machado after the trade deadline has already passed, getting nothing in return for his years of service and the false hope he once brought to thousands of Orioles fans whose light at the end of the tunnel has dimmed to just a flicker of a dying 40-watt light bulb dangling and reflecting from an empty pie tin lying moldy and sad on a shelf in some vacant coach's locker room in the bowels of Camden Yards. 
probably somewhere underneath that crappy Kugels bar that used to serve Natty Bo, but no one ever goes there anymore. We will obviously not make the postseason, and the breakout star this year will be, uh, let's say, Colby Rasmus, because why <laughs> not? All this being said, I hope my predictions are way off. Sincerely, the Zany Burt Roadie. Just a little backstory on that. that Bert, that was brilliant. I love every word of that. Uh, Thank you. Just a little backstory. Uh, uh, Glenn Clark asked for us to submit uh, some predictions for PressBox Online. Two, sen- two sentences, right? That, yeah, two sentences. That's Bert's <laughs> two sentences. And I, you know what I want to see? I want to see the – I don't know who's the editor over there at PressBox Online, like who looks at this stuff before they post it. But I want to <laughs> see the editor's face when he has to read Bert's. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you really can't cut any of that. It's all brilliant. But that's going to be – everyone's going to have two sentences, and then there's going to be Bert with a, two paragraphs. I, I just want to make sure it includes sincerely the Zany Burt Rodian. <laughs> um, oh, no. I, so now my thing that we're, we're live here on Section 336, Facebook Live yeah. every Monday night at 730, section336.com. Um, I want to state a uh, complete opposite prediction for our show because that was for Press Box and Glenn okay. Clark Radio Show. Uh, 92 wins, AL East champions. Mark it. <laughs> Burt Bert has never given a positive. Uh... A positive spin. Mark it down. 92 wins, baby. Okay. <laughs> so which one are you really going with? So we know in a year, when, at the end of the season, when we look back. What will you put what, in do, loop league? Do I get a prize? Um, and all right. In, in seriousness, I, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be the Yankees and the Red Sox. So the best we can hope for is a wild card. And we're going to need uh, 86 to 88 wins to accomplish that. And, uh... Yeah, I think they'll do it. I think they'll do it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Why not? All right. Why not? Why not? Hashtag why not? Or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my eighty nine was a wild card slot, also. By the way. So you, so Bert, you have eighty eighty eight as a wild card. Yeah. Sure. Right. Um, for for mine, I want to go to. I'm going to first take our listeners to to Fangraphs. Projected standings. So after, and there was a bit of debate after the Dallas Cobb signing what the projected standings were for fan graphs. But I think they figured it all out. And the projected standings, now that we signed Alex Cobb on fan graphs, this is, I don't know what this is, if Zips or I don't know where, where they get the projections from. But the projected wins for the Orioles uh, for 2018. Let me find it here. 78 wins. So they have us going 78 and 84. Uh, right. This year, and I was trying to figure out why. Last year we won seventy-five games. We got rid of some crappy pitchers. We added Alex Cobb, other players. We didn't really lose anyone offensively um, of note, right? Well, they're going with the Yankees and the Red Sox got better, so they're going to beat us more. Well, I, I well, if you look at the projected runs allowed, how many runs a game we're going to be allowing? Last year they said. Um, or last year, the Orioles allowed 5.19 runs a game. This year, the Orioles are projected to allow 5.1 runs a game. So they had us go down 0.09 runs a game <laughs> after we got rid of Baldo Jimenez and Wade Miley and after we signed Alice Cobb and, and, and Kashner. And so I was like, how is this possible? And so I dug a little deeper, and here is how it's possible. And here is why 
Um, all you nerds out there, your projections suck. Let's look at the starting pitchers. <laughs> top four. Uh, 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 let's start with Cobb. Cobb, according to Steamer, Cobb is projected to have an ERA this year of 4.82. A FIP of 4.76. He has never in his career, here is Cobb's career as far as ERA goes. If you go back all the way back to 2011, an ERA of 3.42. And then the the next year, 2012, ERA of 4.03. Then 2013, 2.76. 2014, ERA of 2.87. Last year, one of his worst years, his worst kind of full season last year, is he had an area of 3.66 and a FIP of 4.16. So Alex Cobb, in his worst year of his career, had an ERA of 3.66 and a FIP of 4.16. And this year, they project him to have an ERA of 4.82, over one earned run above what his career worst is? I mean, there's no way Alex Cobb has an ERA of 4.82. There's just no way. So I thought that was insane. And then it gets better. Andrew Kashner. And I know whatever, his FIP was high last year. His FIP last year was was uh, 4.61. His ERA was only 3.40. So he had a better ERA than FIP. There's some luck involved. I get that. But this year, Steamer projects him to have an ERA of 5.41. They say he's going to go up from 3.40 to 5.41. And again, his FIP will be the highest FIP he's ever had in his career. They say his FIP's going to be 5.35. He's never had a FIP that high before in his life. So they say, so, so let's recap. Cobb is going to have the worst year of his career. Kashner is going to have the worst year of his career. Oh, but guys, it gets better. According to the nerds, Kevin Gossman, who last year had an ERA of 4.68. This year, he's going to have an ERA of 4.50. Okay, fine. Cobb, uh, Gossman will say the same or get a little better. Okay, fine. Dylan Bundy, though, okay? Dylan Bundy, who's 25 years old, I think. I'm just, I might have just made that number up. I think 25. He's, he's still kind of getting better. This is going to be, last year he threw 169 innings. This is going to be his first kind of close to 200-inning season, kind of his first um, possibly 200-inning season. And his first kind of two years as a full-time pitcher, two years ago, an ERA of 4.02. Last year, ERA of 4.24. This year, Steamer is projecting Dylan Bundy to have an ERA of five. So all of a sudden, like Dylan Bundy was on this projection to get better and better and better as he kind of becomes a veteran, still 25 years old. And now his ERA is going to jump to five, almost a full run higher than it was last year. So they have him going to regress big time. And it's not like he had a high FIP last year. His FIP was almost identical to his ERA. So corner fan graphs, who has a high of us at 78 wins, Gossman is going to have the – I'm sorry. Bundy is going to have the worst year of his career. Cash is going to have the worst year of his career. And Cobb is going to have the worst year of his career. And I agree. Listen, if Cobb has the worst year of his career, and if uh, Cashner has the worst year of his career, and if Bundy has the worst year of his career, which is what the projections say, then, yeah, we'll win about 78 games. But you know what? If Cobb has a good year, and if Bundy has a better year than last, and if Cashner has a good year – then those projections go out the window, right? Because now all of a sudden you have a decent starting uh, starting pitching staff. Because right now, Fangraphs thinks did, we're still throwing out Wade Miley and, and, and Obaldo Jimenez. And that's why the projections are what they are. Did you expect any projections to like the Orioles? They never do. I didn't expect them to think that Cobb, Kashner, 
and Bundy would all have the worst years of their career this year. What if they're going off the math that Ubaldo had his worst years in Baltimore? But Dylan, but how, how do you explain Dylan Bundy's ERA jumping a run? Did he pitch here last year? Uh, because Did Eric, Carlos Stanton caused his ERA to go up a run? A run? Because I, I don't know. All Orioles are hor- All Oriole pitchers are horrible, no matter what the when they yeah, pitch is, in Baltimore. Is there like a gross factor where they right. just bump everyone's ERA. I think so. Yeah. Well, anyway, listen, and I'm telling you this, and 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 I saw and almost I almost dropped my jaw because I suck on the orange Kool Aid like it's like it's manna from heaven. But I saw my man Dave Johnson, who's also a homer. Dave Johnson on Waterwall Baseball, also a homer. But he said, "Didn't know anyone was- watched that show." Our top four starters, he said. Yeah. He said he would put our top four starters, Tillman aside, but our top four star- starters of Kashner and Cobb and Bundy and Gossman up against any other top four in the AL East. I, I agree. I agree with that. that that's, that's, true, that's getting a little to my bold prediction, but yes, I agree with that. And if that's true, that's that's crazy to me. I think Alex Cobb. I think Alex Cobb is going to – we. Even when we would make the playoffs, you know, back, back then in like uh, 2012 and, and, and 2014 and stuff, even when we make the playoffs, I thought, man, there's no way we can really compete because other teams have aces and we don't have anybody. Right. And then I saw some projections. I saw some people saying, like, if you could line up the Royals rotation, I mean, it would be Bundy, then Gossman, then Cobb. Bull crap. Cobb is an ace. If Cobb pitches like he did once he gets this uh, split change back in order, Cobbs are ace. Oh, yeah. Okay. If, if, if he gets that split change, the thing back working, he's going to have an unbelievable season. I mean, last year he threw to an ERA of 3.76. Without he was it. missing his best pitch. Right. Are you kidding me? And so, and so even at, like, his worst is not an ERA of five, like Fangraphs thinks. His worst is an ERA of, like, of like four. But I think he's going to be better than that. I think he's going to have a, a really good ERA. I think he's going to be really effective. And so I, I'm just really excited about our rotation lines up. And, Bert, you made some stupid comment that Alex Cobb is no CeCe Sabathia. Let me tell you, Alex Cobb, can pitch circles around CC Sabathia. CC Sabathia is about 70 years old and about 500 pounds. Sabathia is not your Sabathia of the Milwaukee Brewers 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah, so but right yeah, now, but but Alex Cobb would would give his right arm to have one season as good as CC Sabathia in his prime. Yeah, but this year Alex Cobb will never touch CC Sabathia in his prime. Yeah, but right, but this is not Sabathia in his prime. I didn't say it was him in his prime. I was just this is the first pitcher that came to mind that's better than Alex Cobb. Okay, I'm just saying, but if you look at the game, CC Sabathia could eat three Alex Cobbs. Yes, he could. <laughs> Sabathia is old and not in his prime. Tanaka, despite making $100 million or $20, 30000000 million, whatever he's making this year, Tanaka is not in his prime. Uh, his arm may or may not fall off any year. <laughs> not that we're hoping for that. Not that we're hoping for that. No. Right. I might be happy, but I'm not wishing for it. Right. Uh, but, I just I look at the way this lines up and our lineup. I think our lineup is legitimate. I think Jonathan scope took the steps last year. He's going to be a star. All right. I'm not, that's a long. Yeah. Can you, can you get to your prediction to my prediction? But I want to, I want to, I want to explain why I got to the number. I got All right. 92 wins. All right. You're being real. You're being, you're the most positive out of the three of us. That was wins. my facetious prediction. Uh, that's my serious prediction. That's what I sent. Okay. Not, not 92 wins, and we're going to win the American League East. So, so not, you think 92 wins is going to win the AL East? Yeah. Fan, I think it's going to be yes. close. Fangrass is predicting the Yankees to win like 200 games. I don't know how it works because there's only 162, the, but. The Red Sox won it last year with 93 wins. Right. Yes. 
Yeah. So so he, here here are my standings. I think the AL East is going to beat each other up. But my standings are and Bert, did we get your standings? Yeah, I said. Oh no, not my standings. But I'll they're probably mine, the same as yours. I'll do. I'll do me. <laughs> then you do you. I have you. You sign in the loop league to see my standings. I have the Orioles first, the Yankees second, the the Toronto Blue Jays third, the Red Sox barely beating out the Tampa Bay Rays for fourth, and then the Rays fifth. I think the Sox are gonna suck, and partly because I just hate Chris Sale so much. Yeah. Uh, I think the Yankees and the Red Sox are being built up so much by the national media that there's no way both of them can live up to the hype. I mean, we're already seeing. I mean, the, the Red Sox are starting without two of their starters, and they have no pitching depth whatsoever. Right. We, we saw the injury now to Bird over the, over the, over the weekend. I, you never know what's going to happen. Like, injuries happen. Meanwhile, our worst player got hurt, and we're happy he's out. So I'm just saying, so far, <laughs> pretty good. They sound like a pretty good Orioles, yeah. and this game's not even started yet. I'm, right. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is the most excited I've been about an Orioles team since Ubaldo Jimenez signed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right, you want to move on to MVOs? Most yeah. valuable oh, Orioles. I think Bartok was making an appearance on the top of my stairs, too. Yeah, he's, he's right above your head. Is he still there? Chat room saying a cat is a strawberry pet. Oh, stop it. No. <laughs> right. He's got to keep the goats in line. At least the cat's behind you. Get that kitty. Right. He's a fighter. He's a fighter. All right. Yeah, it is, it's a coconut That's kitty. Good. That's good. That, that'll help our YouTube clicks. People like cat videos. People love cat videos, right? Little cat videos. Yes. Right. He's adorable. Someone give me a cucumber. All right, my M- <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna move us on with my MVL. I'm going with Adam Jones as my MVL because the MVL was voted on by the media. This is Adam Jones last year in Baltimore. They love Adam Jones. They're gonna give it to him as just a sentimental pick, and I think he's gonna have a good season. So we're predicting who the media is gonna predict or uh, nominate as the most valuable Oriole. Whoever gets announced is the most valuable Oriole at the end. I mean, I, I feel like most valuable Oriole is is up for opinion. Okay. And that's going to be Manny Machado. Yeah. Yeah. It's Yes. It'll be weird if he's not an Oriole when they vote MVO. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, that, that's my prediction. And regardless of, you know, if the media is going to have a soft spot for Adam Jones, because this could be his last year, this is definitely Manny Machado's last year. And he's no doubt going to put up the numbers to make him the most valuable player on this team. I agree. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that Manny Machado is the best player on the team. Um, I also think it's going to be interesting to see if, uh, if any pitchers, I mean, we got. I think I'm excited about Alex Cobb and Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gossman. I think they're going to have big years. So, I mean, when was the last true. time a pitcher won an MBO? That's true. I haven't. I didn't even think about a pitcher. Did Zach Britton? Did this. he win the MBO when he had that great season a couple years ago? I don't know. Probably. Did they give it to, to Manny? I don't know. Anyway, we can go back and look. That's um, how memorable most valuable Oriole is. Yeah, no one really cares. <laughs> but I do remember who, who won it last year, and I also remember who has the most home runs for the Orioles in spring training, just crushing the ball. Had another home run today against Norfolk. And that's Jonathan Scope. So I'm going with Scope is dope for my MBO, Jonathan Scope. That's a good one. Yep. Yep. So that he he had it last year. So yeah, that, that's I, a good one. I think people are he's a little overshadowed by uh by Manny Machado, but I, I think he, he is he last year he was better. Last year he was better than yes. Manny Machado. 
Yep. Uh, and so this year, I think he's going to be just as good, and and I think he's going to get the the MVO. Uh, a different argument because they want to get to a return in Oriole to get people excited about the Orioles next year, not yeah. giving it to a guy who's leaving. Right. Holy crap, you guys, we really are going to win the World Series. Jonathan Scope, <laughs> Manny Machado, Adam Jones, Alex Cobb. They'll be all co-MBOs. Yeah, the, the whole team. Time now for Bold Predictions. Oh, man. All right. So we each have a few Bold Predictions, right? Yeah, I wrote a couple down. <laughs> what, as we did the show? Yep. Uh, who wants to start these Bold Predictions? Um, I'll give one. All right. Because we're just talking about it. Just talking about them. So I got a Scope Machado prediction. Oh, I do too. Oh, you do? Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I'll share mine, then you share yours. All right. Jonathan Scope. I hope they're not the same prediction. It'd be weird if they were. Jonathan Scope (laughs) and Manny Machado. It involves home runs. Does yours involve home runs? No, mine does not. Okay. Jonathan Scope and Manny Machado combined. Their home runs combined. Add up how many home runs Manny Machado hits, how many home runs Jonathan Scope hits. That number combined will be greater than the number of home runs that Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton hit. Machado oh. and Scope will have more home runs than Stanton and Judge. Oh, that's a that's a that's a big number. That's I like that prediction. That's a, I like that prediction. I saw the uh, I saw the Stanton and Judge projection is for a hundred between the two of them. A hundred? Yeah, that's what I saw. <laughs> wait, wait, hold up. Yeah, that's... A two bump. No, I think it, I think it's I think it's possible that between uh, Scope and Machado they get eighty. I think that's possible. Sure, eighty, maybe could... low eighties. And um, yeah, were they both? Stan and Judge, you just got to keep them below eighty. They were okay. they were both around sixty, around thirty each last year, right? In the low thirties, yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, Machado had a bad year last year. All right, I'll build on that. Uh, I had separate predictions sitting over here for Scope and for Manny. For Manny Machado, I think he will be the American League MVP. I think he he's coming into camp really excited and really good health in, in camp and, uh, you know, no longer eating chicken nuggets and pizza. That should get him an MVP. They got to make the postseason if that's going to happen. They've got to be, yeah, they got to be competitive. They got to have a good season. Uh, and then on scope, my prediction for scope is that he signs a five year extension before the end of July. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that bold prediction. And that, that is bold. That's a good one. That is totally built on my excitement for the little bit of John Angelos that's happened and the Alex Cobb signing and stuff like that. All right. Cool, I like that. Bert, you want to share one of your bold predictions? Yeah, I got a good one here. Uh, now that uh, Mark Trumbo is starting the season hurt, not that we wished it for it to happen, but we're happy that it is happening. Um, the uh, the pies will be back on the reg. On the reg, oh, boys and oh, girls. The pies, the pies will be back. And by the time Trumbo comes back from being hurt, uh, it's, it's going to be too little too late. And he will not be able to shut down the fun so to speak, as he is wont to do. Pies will be back. Bold. More than Manny Machado win the MVP and more than Scope and uh, Machado have more dongs. That's the boldest. I want want the pie to come true. That's the one I want. (laughs) But I also think that's that's bolder than anything we picked. And I don't don't think think that is – that's not what I'm predicting because 
I want them back so badly or that we need them back so badly, but just to shove it in that guy's face that he can't <laughs> shut down the fun. Yeah. We can't let him uh, win. <laughs> Who does he think he is? <laughs> I, uh, I've got a prediction about our rotation. Oh, me too. All right. I've got that we will have four pitchers with an under four ERA. Okay. Yeesh. And that, leave off Chris Tillman. I think it's and a good that, call. And For that, all predictions, you got to leave off Chris Tillman. And that Chris Tillman will be out of the rotation by the end of May. I don't know if that's bold, but yeah. okay. <laughs> Those, that's my pitching uh, predictions. Okay. <laughs> my, my, my pitching prediction is that the Orioles' team pitching ERA will be top three in the American League. Okay. Sure. Yeah, right, team. Team, team. So you're expecting that fifth slot to not pull it down too bad. I know. I'm, I'm, but I'm expecting our bullpen to help us out. The bullpen will help us out. Okay, you're um, going total team. Gotcha. That's why I went team, or I would say top four starter. Not because rotation. I do think Chris Tillman's gonna. We have to overcome Chris Tillman's five ERA. Yes. And Mike Wright Jr. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Don't hey, judge uh, me in April. Before I do another one, can I read one from the chat room that I like? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's see what's going on in the chat room. We got, we got one here from Jacob Rock. Bold prediction. Chris Davis will get hot again, hit at least 40 home runs, and he will hit the warehouse this year, boys and oh, girls. Oh, snap. I, feel, I, like, was, I was, feel like we've thrown that in as a bold prediction every year, the <laughs> warehouse. If only uh, Stanton was a lefty, maybe we would have a chance of someone hitting the warehouse this year. But yeah, if All anyone's right. going to do it, I think Davis is a, a candidate for it, being a lefty. About I, I've got my own bold prediction. It's uh, it's not specifically Orioles related, but it will definitely help the Orioles when the Yankees do not even make the playoffs this year, boys and girls. <laughs> Yankees don't even make the cut. Mark it down. Bold. Time now just, for up. bold just predictions. Don't make the playoffs. It's good to go. Yep. I like it, Bert. I Lock love it down. so much. <laughs> if, I want to live in the in a world where Bert's predictions come true. I want to hey. live in that world. <laughs> right. Well, wait do you hear my third one then. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't involve Albert Bell exposing himself again or something. <laughs> There's another good one in the chat room here. Even bolder prediction. Danny Valencia hits the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> that was from Jimmy. That, that would be. That's 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 even bolder. That's even bolder. <laughs> All right. Uh, my, my last bold prediction. I have one more. It's very simple. Very simple bold prediction. A team bold prediction. The Orioles this year will play in a World Series. Oof. Oh, that's a. That would be a lot of fun. And that right. doesn't count when uh, Adam Jones goes on the World Series of Poker. And your video <laughs> game doesn't count either. <laughs> and Manny Machado being traded to 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 the Yankees and playing in the World Series. I'm not talking about that. Either. I'm I'm talking about the Baltimore Orioles will make the World Series. We've been doing this show since 2011. I've done a lot of 2012. I've done a lot of predictions. 13, 2013, 14. <laughs> we've been doing this show since 2015. I've, I've made a lot of predictions. I, I've never predicted that the Orioles would make the World Series. I feel I'm I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm saying World Series. I like it. It's bold. I didn't say when. All right, calm down, everybody. I think I I, I'm pretty sure you said this year. This year, they would go. Okay. Yeah. I didn't say when, though. Oh, you didn't say when. I, I thought you said when. you didn't say when. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. No, I said this year. Uh, I go. mean, hey, if, if UMBC can go and win a game, That's the, right. Orioles, That's can, right. the Orioles can do it. That's you, right. You must be Cinderella. 
Though I'd feel better about that argument if UMBC won the Final Four, like won the NCAA championship. Um, Josh, you have one more? Uh, no, I rattled through mine already. Oh, shoot. So, I was um, hoping you'd, you'd have another good one to wrap it all up because my last one's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I thought mine was going to end on, but okay, go ahead, Bert. No, that, that actually probably is a better way to end it than have me read my dumb one. <laughs> but now we all want to know what your dumb one is. Um, uh, not that I'm wishing this to happen, but it might happen. <laughs> is this an injury I love, prediction? Zach, like that. Unfortunately, Zach Britton doesn't come back or he comes back briefly and gets hurt again and the Orioles are forced to look elsewhere for a closer and Bud Norris comes back to Baltimore, baby. Closer. Bold. Pointing at pop-ups. Shoot, I should have had Brian Mattis come back to the Orioles in my bold prediction too. Good one, Bert. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And what's the deal with Alex Cobb stealing my man's number? That's messed up. I'm that not is buying messed up. The only number 17 jersey I'm buying is a is a Brian Mattis jersey. I'm not buying no Alex Cobb 17 jersey. Forget about that. Forget it. All right. We're ready to get out of here? Did yeah, let's go show. to Camden Yards. Opening day, baby. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I think we got everyone excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. We have, we I'm really excited for opening day. We didn't, I'm really excited. Yeah. We didn't even announce that we've got a date for Night at the Yard. That we're doing yard. Night at the Yard on June 30th. I think, yeah, June 30th. It's also known as Hawaiian Shirt Night. So come sit with us and get a Hawaiian shirt as well. As I guess you post on Instagram. People talking about it on Instagram. I, I posted it on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. I think I posted it. So people can mark their calendars. We'll have the order form up later this week. Uh, it's going to cost a little bit more money because the Orioles have raised their rates for promotional events again uh, so but we think there's a lot of excitement for hawaiian shirt night so we want to be part of it and get a nice packed house yeah do all our millennial do all our, our young listeners under nine get them free though i don't know how that'll work they haven't announced yeah. it yet for june that's only for the first month they're going month by month on that yeah but uh yeah we'll get a bunch of coconuts up in section 336 and, I mean, what goes better than coconuts and Hawaiian shirts? Oh, that sounds great. Absolutely. That's the perfect night to yard. I'm pumped for it. This has been a, also a shout-out to the chat room. chat room has been uh, – and I haven't, we haven't been checking in and reading from it, but the chat room has been on fire tonight, so it's a great job for you coconuts in the chat room. Absolutely. And thank you, Loop League. Go sign Loop up. League. Loop yeah. League. Loop League. Ba-ching. Make your predictions for the MLB season. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you go on Loop League and so we can compare predictions and see who who really knows baseball the most. I think there's going to be a lot of similar predictions. So so go out there and be bold with your predictions. All right, boys and girls, you can find that link on Facebook to the Loop League. Josh will also tweet it out, I'm sure. So you can follow us on Twitter at Section 336 Show or follow us on Instagram to see that pick up for the yards at Section 336 Show. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Bert. <laughs> at Bert Rohde. <laughs> and you can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. All right. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, That's a- don't <laughs> pose. <laughs>
What happened? Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.